So recently we did an entire month of episodes on shark-related things, and we did an episode on moving. But now we're going to get back to what we do best, Star Wars. We've got a couple more Star Wars movies to to get through, but we want to really ramp up to the good ones. Like The Last Jedi. That's right. So on our way to The Last Jedi, we have to cover everything else. So this week we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. How Star Wars is it? Welcome to How Star Wars Is It? I'm Mike. I'm Josiah. Welcome back, our dear listeners. Yes, so this is, is the uh, the the one and only podcast that takes anything and everything and reviews it, gives it a rating on one to ten of how Star Wars it is. That's right, not how good it is, not how bad it is. We take everything that is Star Wars, we put it all into one big Star Wars chili. We cook oh. it up, and we compare everything that ever has existed or ever will exist or currently exists to that big old Star Wars chili. And that's how we know how Star Wars it is, baby. Yeah, we give it a number on the Hisui scale. Hisui yep. is the, the ground breaking Hisui scale. Yeah, if we're you covering will. all of our shit. <laughs> um, we really and, and, thought. Oh no! Yes, go ahead. I was just saying, is this, is this sort of like a mid-season, like getting back into it, where we really have to like tick all of our boxes and make sure we do all of our catchphrases and shit? Previously on how Star Wars is it. <laughs> Um, and so uh, the reason you may have just heard me go, oh, wait, stop, sorry, go ahead, is because Josiah is still in Alaska and I am still in Chicago, but that is about to change. Josiah is about to move back here uh, for a time and we will maybe soon begin to record in person again. That's why I get to look into Mike's beautiful eyes and get mm-hmm. carried away. Yep. Oh, and you know, the, on, on last week's episode, we had a couple announcements up at the top, so I may as well do that really quick. Um, we, yep, yep, go ahead. We have uh, my show, The One, The Matrix Musical Parody, is still running through the rest of uh, September at the Den Theater every Friday and Saturday night. Um, if you want to see me in it, your best bet is Fridays. Um, and we are also doing a live episode at IO Theater as a part of Pod Slam, which is like an all-day podcast event. On uh, the 21st, September 21st. That's right. So we're at four o'clock, but all proceeds go to Connor's Cure, mm-hmm. which is a charity for pediatric cancer uh, research. Yeah, and they're trying dope. to raise $5,000. So I think if we can you're in the there. area, you should come. And if you're not, you should uh, find Podslam on the internet. It's probably a matter of just Googling Podslam, but it's put on by Arcade Audio and the IO Improv Theater. And they have an Instagram and a Twitter, and we will link all that shit. We probably already have. So uh, go to their website. You can donate on their website. Mm-hmm. So And it will go toward their total. So, folks, the day this comes out, uh, the the Saturday after that is the show. So if you're in Chicago, the week this is coming out, the show's coming up on Saturday. Get your tickets. Come see us. Come hang out. We're going to be doing some fun stuff and uh, some audience participation and a little bit of some giveaways, just some small little baby cool stuff. And yeah. I'll be I'll be in a show later that night uh, in which they uh, sort of feature a bunch of the different hosts from a bunch of different shows. So hang out, uh, get some drinks, get some food, hang out at IO. It's a cool space. It's a great theater. And uh, come hang out with us. Uh, I think $10 gets you into the entire day of podcasts. Yeah, it's a crazy good. So if you deal. have something, you know, like if you have dinner plans, you can come. You can see us. You can see the podcast before us. You can head out. You can go get dinner. You can come back. And see me I imagine again. You'll have a stamp or something. And if not, you can pay another ten dollars because it goes to pediatric cancer yeah. charity. So and what are you? What are you just really stingy about trying to help kids with cancer? <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't be so stingy. Well, Mike, I and know. And then so my other. Oh yes, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I know you. You had another thing to. Uh, yes, I was yes, just gonna yes. do my what you were gonna do. My other thing I wanted to do before we crack into this week's episode. Um, this is kind of you know a, a different a, a tonal shift really quick, but um, last week I. In last week's episode, the moving episode, I, I said something that I would like to address formally, um, and I've prepared a written statement. Yeah, this is our first big controversy, so Mike, please go ahead. Friends, family, listeners, and sweeties. Many of you no doubt heard my story in last week's episode on moving, where I claimed that my mother gave me two decks of cards 
in a box of move-in essentials like paper towels and cleaning products. This is not true. I repeat, this is not true. My mother did not give me decks of cards. She did not put two fresh boxes of casino-grade bicycle playing cards into an already very thoughtful care package. The fact that decks continued to turn up during the moving process is simply due to my own card hoarding tendencies. I have four decks of cards, at least two of which are unopened. Now, I am neither an aspiring magician nor a professional poker player, and there is no tradition in my family, or likely in any other, wherein someone gives a loved one a deck of cards as a housewarming gift. Why a man has more decks of cards than he has pairs of professionally presentable shoes is an embarrassment, and I sincerely apologize for dragging both my sweet girlfriend Caitlin and my dear mother into this mess. They did nothing to deserve the stain upon their reputations, and for that, I am truly sorry. And also to the Hasui listening community, and of course to my fellow co-host Josiah, I am sorry. And I will be immediately donating all spare decks to It's a Card Knock Life, a charity that gives playing cards to girls in orphanages in the 1930s. Thank you, and I will not be taking any questions. Wow, Mike, that was really brave of you. That's, it takes a big man to admit when they're... I had to get out ahead of it. <clears throat> yeah, it takes a big man to admit they're wrong, and you did it. You apologized in the same medium that you made the gaffe, which is very important. And uh, you, yeah, I'm proud of you. I got to say it. I'm proud of you. Good job, Mike. And due to the fact that our moving episode aired the second week of September, this will ought, <laughs> ought to come out right after it. Yeah, and so it's even more timely, <laughs> thanks to my <laughs> silly scheduling mistake. So, Mike, should we talk about Solo, A Star Wars Story? Should we? I mean, I guess, like, I tried to eat up as much of the podcast with that written statement as I could, but I guess now we have to talk about Solo. And it was an admirable effort. Just like Solo, it was an admirable effort. Uh, <laughs> I want to did you so did you watch it i did i finally watched it so you might hey listeners sweeties you might fake geek girl me because i didn't see solo until literally today when i just watched it just now so i could record a podcast about it and well but i think that was a big problem with the movie is that the reason it you know it, it tanked at the box office and a large portion of why that happened is because people all just saw the last jedi like six months prior and were like what am i gonna go see this shit now well yeah and that combined with the sort of lackluster reviews where it wasn't like oh you gotta see this one it was like and all the like production peril mm -hmm. like it changed hands from a director standpoint and like they did reshoots yeah. and it, the, it they like it, didn't have any faith in this guy who had the very thankless job of playing harrison ford yeah that was okay it was just so there's the bones of a good movie in here and absolutely and, and, I, and i mean that by like a, like a really fun good like not like a capital g this is artful cinema movie but like there's the bones of like a really good where everyone would leave going like it's not going to change your life but it's like very fun and it's good and like the performances are good like the, there's the bones on there because almost everybody is putting in a great performance and um what's his face the not not harrison ford does alden erin right yeah alden he's he's doing a, a fine job it's not great because he's having to try to uh, recreate one of the most iconic characters of literally all time and also one of the most charismatic actors of all time but but he's right. he's doing like i said it's an admirable effort like he's not here's what's interesting is i think donald glover is doing a little bit of a billy d williams yes impression. i was just about to say this exact same thing <laughs> yeah donald glover is doing a little bit of a billy d williams impression and it works weirdly whereas alden is not doing a harrison ford impression and it doesn't work you know what i mean like it's it, yes. it's weird well so i i think that billy d williams is doing or excuse me, that Donald Glover is doing a Billy D. Williams impression, and it's like cute, like that's a fun choice. And he, of course, is effortless anyway. Right, he's so he's so charismatic that, like, that oh, literally you're trying too hard. Yeah, right. like Donald Glover is so charismatic that anything, any choice he would have made in this movie, I'd have been like, yep, that was great. I really like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you but know, like the the effort behind Alden Ehrenreich saying, I, I'm I'm think I'm projecting, but um, I'm gonna play the idea of young Han Solo. You know, like Han before he's Han. Yeah. He's playing that same... Like, I, I wouldn't doubt... 
Like if you told me like this guy is Han Solo's brother or yeah. something, like I wouldn't doubt that like he was a solo. You know what I mean? Sure. Like he wasn't he, he he made his own choice. I don't I don't fault a single actor in this movie no. for the performance they did. No. The, they did? The they did. The I agree. I did a performance. I did a performance. Did you see it, Mom? I agree. It looks like you had a lot of fun up there. I think that everybody in the, everybody in this movie performed admirably to the extent to the extent of the script they were given and the direction they were given. The the faults with this movie, I think, truly lie in the uh the background stuff that we got into the stories about, where it was a Lord and Miller movie originally, and they're known for like funny, clever, quick-paced uh, 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 comedies. And yeah, then... and for most importantly, for making an idea that ought to be not good, very good. For instance, like, like the Lego movie. like that's The Lego movie as a concept is like, what? You're doing a... Le-? Like, you know, like we all kind of shrugged at the idea of the Emoji movie. Yeah, but... I didn't even see it, but like if Lord and Miller were behind the Emoji movie, I would go see it. Oh, you know, sure. And they also did uh, Last Man on Earth. Yeah. And a television show that stars one person, which of course we've been find it stars more than that, but like ought to not be great. Right. And even, even <laughs> and they're able to make something really kind of odd. Good. Yeah. And even a television show that, star, that stars one person and then two people for a while and then three people for a while still right. like shouldn't be that good. Cause you're just, you're relying on these actors to do so much. And I think that if they had remained a part of this movie, it would at least be interesting. Whereas it yeah. ended up being, fine like it's just fine like i i came into this being like man i don't really want to hate this movie and i didn't right. it, it was fine it wasn't but it wasn't it didn't elicit any real emotions there was a couple times there where i was like that's kind of fun but then most yes. mostly i was just like that was fine that was just fine like it wasn't like if it were an episode if it were like a television thing in the way that like sharknado is a television thing you know like sort of sure. event television i would have been like that was sick Sure, sure. Well, it, but it was a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a movie, and it was a Star Wars movie, and it's it, it reminds me. So going back into like studios getting involved with movies when they really shouldn't get as much involved, and like they should just let their directors uh, right. like do their thing. We talked about it during uh, April Avengers, but Age of Ultron. One of the reasons why it was not great was because the studio got very involved and sort of made Joss Whedon like shoehorn in a bunch of stuff that he didn't really want right. to do originally. And you can feel that in this movie where it wasn't like the studio was making like them do anything they didn't want to do, but you can feel like the tone and the, of the parts of the script that feel more like a Lord and Miller movie as compared to the rest of it that feels sort of more generic. And like Ron Howard directed totally. this and he's a good director, but it just, right. parts of it just feel more, generic in the way that Marvel Studios movies feel generic to the greater Marvel right. universe where this feels like the generic Star Wars movie and it and to that extent Alden Ehrenreich feels like an off-brand generic version of Harrison Ford where <laughs> right. he's like not Hab Sono. Yeah, like he's not bad, it's just not the it's it's not what we know. And he, and like what a thankless fucking job to do. Truly. Like there's no way he's going to succeed. Like you would so so here's a here's a here's a couple things regarding that one the arc that he has in the movie is essentially the same arc he has in A New Hope. Yep, he's kind of like a lawless scoundrel, but then he ends up doing the right thing at the end. But then at the beginning of A New Hope, he's a lawless scoundrel again. Well, and but so that's already like, huh? Yeah. But then also he he's playing. I mean, like, I suppose there's probably an in canon answer to how old this Han Solo is, but from my eyes, my perception watching this movie, he's what, like 30 days younger than he is in A New Hope? Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> like, maybe maybe it's a number of years, but, like, he's just kind of like, you know... Well, an, an, He a looks Hope, like Harrison Ford looked in the 70s. Yeah, A New Hope Harrison Ford was, like, in his 30s, and Carrie Fisher and Luke and, and Mark Hamill were in their 20s, and so, like, he was older than them, but, like, yeah, this guy is the same age as he was, where it doesn't feel so much as a prequel as it just feels like was this literally the day before and that that right. was okay like it's 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 i feel like it's a less of a and, and again the canon may prove me wrong but i feel like the age difference between alden ehrenreich's han solo and 1977's a new hopes han solo is a smaller age gap than jake lloyd to hayden christensen yeah i i think you're probably right the, like, well, I wanted like high school jock Han Solo, okay, you know, the, uh, like that was the other thing I was very confused about was the time frame 
um, because I assume this took place in between episode three and episode four. And then that weird reveal of, like, Darth Maul at the end. Oh, my God, dude. For a second, I was like, okay, wait. Are we to think that this is during – and then I was like, no, no, no. It's not during episode one or before that because the Empire is already a thing. never actually died in the Clone Wars Yes, because my next thing was, like, I guess that Clone Wars – I, I, like, remembered. I was like, well, Clone Wars and Rebels are canonical. So – I guess this is the well. So here's a here's a thing that'll really bake your noodle. To quote the Oracle, <laughs> um, the Clone Wars, I think, technically speaking, are not canon because they were done on Cartoon Network, and then shortly thereafter, Disney bought Lucasfilm, and but Rebels was canon, and it was written by the same people, and he incorporated a lot of the same characters. So like, it's sort of pseudo canonized oh. Clone Wars. And and in bringing Darth Maul into Rebels, it can sort of say that yeah, Clone Wars is kind of canon, right? It's but then now they're making new Clone Wars, and it is canon. Yeah, it's very, it's all very Star Wars, <sighs> dude. I, that is something that I I had written down for this movie is that like okay, this movie is like a real fucking mess, but it is certainly very Star Wars because there is not a second that goes by before they answer a question we weren't asking. Yes. There, so I, t- I started taking notes and then I stopped taking I, notes. I have some notes which too. Which is always I'm what really happens. I'm excited to hear them. But my first, my first note was, so Rogue One didn't do an opening crawl, which was right. a break from tradition, but made sense because it's like, sure. oh, this is a Star Wars story, right? Right. Not like a, actual trilogy movie and then this one video game or a comic this one didn't have a crawl but it did have a couple of (laughs) of powerpoint slides (laughs) telling me the plot and i was like if you're gonna do that just give me a crawl why are you i didn't need and the crawl is always like setting the scene but in this like powerpoint slides it talks about like a, a young man yearning for a life among the stars or something like that. Like, it tells you what's going on inside his head. And it mentions the the, the, the crime boss, like, whatever, Proxima, who is in the first uh-huh. ten minutes of the movie and never comes yeah, back. Yeah, she's like a shrimp. Yes, and so, like, okay, that was the, the, these are the notes I wrote. Han owes money to a crime boss. Mm, <laughs> wow. Like, literally, they were like, here's a big worm crime boss that Han owes money to in the very beginning 15 minutes of the movie. And I was like, geez, Louise, guys. Like, I know everyone got mad at Force Awakens for being too similar and mad at Last Jedi for being too different. But did you really have to overcorrect and go, what do we want to do? Let's make Han owe money to a little sluggy crime boss thing. Like, it's it's just so... This movie shouldn't have ever been made, and it's, like, for that reason. Like, you know what we were never wondering about? The Joker's backstory. And now they're making this Joker movie. And, like, they... You know, like, you know what we didn't need any more information on is, like, this, like reckless scoundrel pilot yes that that's the issue with this movie and it's also very star wars because it's answering questions no one was asking where right. it, it it gives us answers for everything in his backstory like not everything but like literally dumb shit the only other note that i have that's really important was me just writing no with a bunch of o's and then the next thing <laughs> it says could his name just have already been han solo Oh my god, truly. Like it was, that that actually has some sort of like charm to it in the way that like Dickens characters, you can kind of tell what they're all about just by the sound of their name. You know, yeah, like yeah. Scrooge. That guy's a real grump. You know what yes, I mean? Just like let his name... Solo is like, oh, he's like a lone wolf. That's kind of a funny on the nose name. Yeah, just let his fucking name be Han Solo and don't have an Imperial recruiter go, Oh, you're by yourself? <laughs> So low. Right. Like, it's like, as... let the name be on the nose, but not the nose itself. <laughs> yes. Like, the name's already on the nose because it's like Luke Skywalker. Like, yeah, cool, cool. We get it. We're in right. a sci fi universe. Like, cool. But having someone else dub him this, like, surname just because he's, like, all alone is so stupid and on the nose. I mean, it's incredibly Star Wars. It's incredibly like, oh, George Lucas is just gonna like change the, 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 the syllables in a word and then like name it something. But it's just so right. grating because it's like we didn't need to know why his last name was Solo. Like no, <laughs> right. no one was questioning why his name is Solo. That's just his last name. Like right. sometimes people have last names that are words that mean other things. <laughs> For instance, Mike Gospel. 
that's a word gospel is already a word and it means another thing like that's a thing that happens in the real world we don't right. need to know what's oh, the God. deal <laughs> We don't need to know. Yeah. By the way, I hope that people in the future, instead of saying, like, if something is so on the nose that it's, like, crazy, I hope they just say, hey, that's a little bit the nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit the nose for me. It's a little bit uh, Cyrano de Borjac for me, if you know uh-huh, what uh-huh. I mean. Uh, um, that's a fun theater reference for you. Sure. Uh, I have the, a note here um, that says, and this is kind of to this level of answering every question and doing so much fan service that so so my my um, it, it to follow with uh, Hisui tradition, my recent viewing of Solo: A Star Wars Story was done through YouTube uh, anal- analysis and uh, recap videos, um, and and as I was watching them, I was like, oh my god, this movie has Easter eggs, and then I was like, but but it's like Easter eggs at like a church Easter egg hunt for kids aged one to three. Right. It's like sitting on the table. It's just everywhere you look, there's eggs. Uh (laughs) Like uh it's not like a hunt so much as it is just like, here, eat your stupid fucking references. Liz, this one has a jelly bean in it. You love jelly beans. You're two years old. Yeah. And, and like the biggest offender for me is, and my note for this one is just quote, the fucking dice. Yeah, the dice are... But that's another what? thing. It's okay, like, the dice ugh. were just like in the very background in the original trilogy to the point that I never knew about them until no. recently. <laughs> it, the, so in, in the first minutes of Solo, when he hangs up those dumb fucking dice, I was like, God. oh, yeah, there's dice in the Millennium Falcon. Like, it made me remember. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. But they're never made a big deal out of. They're never... that. That's the thing this movie does that annoys me is that... And, and once again, like, I didn't hate this movie. I thought parts of it were... Like, it was just... It was so average in so many ways. And I feel yeah. bad dunking on it because <laughs> it, it, there's just, like, everything that... All the stuff that they made important. It, it's so hard to make a prequel because in prequels you have to figure out how to make a character that you already know compelling even though you already know the end of their story. And they didn't do that with, with Han necessarily because they took things that we weren't wondering about and tried to make small things very important and interesting that we know aren't important or interesting because later on in his life, when we see the biggest part of his life, when he like helps the rebellion that ends the empire, we know he doesn't give a fuck about those dice. So why right. does he give so much fucks about those dice right now? Like <laughs> Exactly. And, and, and but like, then, we know he but never then mentions... we have also recently been told that they were significant because they're featured very prominently in The Last Jedi. It's, yeah. It's super confusing. And, or, <laughs> like, or even these like... These dice even... are important both before and after essentially the entire canon of Star Wars. Yes. And, and, and it's stuff like we he never... You know, it's hard to introduce a prequel love interest because it's like, well, why did they never mention God, her? What a like, why stupid did they, idea. Like, why this did they never movie. mention Kira? Is that what, was that her name? Kira? Kira, I think. Yeah. And like, yeah. I love Amelia Clark, and I thought she was charming in this and wonderful. But you saw again, her in that one episode of Game of Thrones. I that saw you her watched. in one episode of Game of Thrones, and I was like, <laughs> that was solid. But yeah, I think she's great, and I think she has an interesting character in this movie that is utterly overshadowed and destroyed by the greater love story later on with Han and Leia that we know he doesn't like care that much about this woman because he never tries to go back to her or you know what's going on with her and like I would legitimately I know this is like also one of my beefs where they just brought up this Darth Maul thing but like I would watch the hell out of a series where Amelia Clark is sort of double agenting trying to uh, help the rebellion and also keep like this weird Darth Maul Right, like background the, the thing going crime on. syndicate show, like a Breaking Bad of Star Wars. Yeah, show me Amelia. Show me Amelia Clark with the heart of gold, like trying. She's very high up in this crime syndicate, yeah. but is trying to like maneuver things to where like innocent people don't get hurt. Like I'd watch the hell out of that. I think that'd be really interesting to watch a good actor do that. Um, right. With also Darth Maul getting to hop around and do lightsaber stuff, like that'd be very fun. But. In this context with Han Solo, it just doesn't make any sense. No, and like, they like really tried to put a lot more into this than fit inside of the can. The like, thing that I, the thing that I think they did kind of well was I semi, I, I was like, I believe this is how Han and Chewie met. Like I could, 
I could believe that. I was like, the it idea was that- it was certainly very cute. Like that may have been. I don't know what parts were more Lord and Miller and what parts were more Ron Howard. And the way that like when you watch the first Ant Man movie, you can tell which parts were before Edgar Wright got like booted. Right. <laughs> um, and I can't tell, but that one is like fun in a way that isn't like winky in the way that like the guy names him Solo. Yeah. It's it's I, I I believed that and like the 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 thing that was kind of weird was I almost didn't like I don't know Empire Strikes Back leads you to believe that Lando and Han have this like storied history where it seems like Solo's taking place not that long before Episode Four, especially because they tease like oh we're gonna go work for this crime boss on Tatooine and then like immediately in episode four it's like well he owes Jabba money so it's like well that probably didn't last that's probably not that much time in between these two things and so it makes like it makes it seem like they've been they've known each other for a long time or have this like storied history whereas like they just met and 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 did one job together and then he like won his ship from him like it, it was weird to me that that was their first time meeting. Like I almost would have preferred that they had like, I don't know. It, there, there was a lot of weird stuff there where I was like, well, we know that Lon, like that Lon and Hando. Wow. Han and Lando are old <laughs> friends. Like, why can't we see them being old friends as opposed to like just meeting in this one movie. And then in, in empire strikes back, which might be maybe five years later after solo. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, That's like weird. it's, it's, I, I think let's call it maybe 10. I, again, the canon will, prove us wrong that's that's to say if we have any listeners (laughs) but like yeah you're right like we this movie could have been about how han and lando met and were friends or or maybe they already knew each other and they were friends or how han and chewie met or how han got the millennium falcon or how han did the kessel run and it was like somehow about all of them yet also he was like somehow not the main character like it felt like this whole movie happened to him Mm mm-hmm yeah. As opposed it, to, like, he did anything. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. Because I was just about to say, like, I would have watched a whole movie about Han and Chewie, like, yeah. like that life Like, what if they forming? were already friends? Or maybe what if they met at the very end of the movie and he was like, hey, Chewbacca, I like the sound of that. Credits. Well, you and know like, what I and mean? Like, <laughs> like, if you're going to give me a prequel, like, find that one small thing where we know that, and, like, we don't even know in the movies because the movies never mention that, like, Chewie has a Wookiee life debt for Han or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... We know that as fans or whatever. So, like, give me, like, that's the detail you need to blow up. Like, don't tell me all this other bullshit. Show me how, like, Smuggler Han Solo ended up saving a Wookiee or whatever. And that's the whole movie. Don't give me any other stuff. Like, just give me that. That'd be a fun fucking movie. And, like, that's the issue with this movie is it's trying to be, like, you can tell it wants to be sort of a a, a buddy comedy heist thing. Right. And it but it also wants to be Star Wars. And then it feels like Lord Miller wanted a buddy comedy heist and then the studio wanted Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how he somehow is kind of special in this movie. Like, you know, he's sort of a little preordained as a chosen one kind of thing in that way that a lot of Star Wars stuff runs and like that's the whole thing about Han Solo. He's not the No, he's just the normal one. dude. He's not the Star Wars character. He's not the in, Star Wars. In the War. sense of like the the he's not the sort of Christ, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's just a normal guy. He's not he's not guy. royalty. He's not a Jedi. He's just a normal right. guy. He doesn't believe in the force, which is weird because the force is a demonstrated thing that right, the entire right. like universe believes in. It's yeah. I don't know. I feel bad. I feel like we're just dunking on this because to all... Well, no. Okay, so I don't feel bad about dunking on it, though. (laughs) Because dunking on it as a movie, but we're not necessarily addressing it as Star Wars or not. So here's the thing. Before we go to the break. Yes. All that being said, I think this movie is pretty Star Wars in that it is trying to answer a lot of questions that no one was asking. And this movie, I think of all the movies we've covered is trying so hard to be Star Wars, maybe more so than any movie we've covered. Because every other movie seems to be like, every other movie seems to be like, oh, we're making a Star Wars movie, whatever. Whether that's Force Awakens, where you're just kind of like doing an homage, or it's the originals, or it's the prequels. And this movie is like, we know we're not a real Star Wars movie, but we are trying so, so hard to convince you that we're a Star Wars movie. This movie is like, it sees all the other Star Wars movies like talking in a party, and it walks up to the that little circle, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, what's up? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, me too, right? And they're, they're like, oh, geez, okay. Yeah. Huh. And which, which, once again, this could have done that 
and it could have been it could have worked like this movie is just a couple clicks away from working it just it breaks my heart that it like ended up just being sort of meh like it's not bad it's not good it's just meh right like there's this whole sort of um within the like diehard star wars fan community that like they are able to find a reason to like every star wars thing and like i was able to do that when i watched this movie when i had the option to watch it again for this podcast i was like fuck that (laughs) but um the big fan community has like this kind of make solo to happen hashtag that they like want a sequel to this because it is setting up this greater sort of like underbelly crime world I, i honestly i would bet you that with no knowledge of what that movie would be, and I bet it will never happen anyway, but say Solo 2 were going to happen, I bet I would like that movie 10 times more than I liked this movie because it would have to invent some new shit. (laughs) Yeah, because Solo essentially just tried to give us background for all... Stuff they they about just about and told you how the like stripes got like the dashed stripe got on his pants. Like they told you about yeah. his gun for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. It's it's just I, I honestly yeah like I would probably watch a solo too because like if you if you gave me Darth Maul Amelia Clark working for Darth Maul yeah. and Han trying to like go up against that that'd probably be a fun movie. It would be they, certainly yeah, right. very weird, but I would watch it yeah. in the same way that I watched all of the Clone Wars and Rebels. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's its disheartening in a weird... The, the other thing I want to say before we jump into the pit is, like I said before, I think all the actors in this were doing a, a pretty good job of, like with what they were given. I especially love Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, and that's maybe just because I just watched Fleabag. I just did, but too. She's, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and I didn't know that was her because I didn't know who that was when I saw the movie. And then in my recap watching this week, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, she's so good. Fleabag is so good. Everyone go watch Fleabag. And also her like droid character in this is like one of the funnest, most interesting characters that I think has been presented in these new movies, especially because it points, it like gives us a new aspect of droids that we do didn't know beforehand where it's like maybe some of them are aware of this like inherent imbalance and like that's so interesting and it's like it's never addressed ever in any other movie well here i will say in uh empire on cloud city i think um when the little gonk droid is getting its like feet branded and it's like and he's like ah Oh yeah, like, that's in that that's in that's in a pain. So at the very right, least, that's in a new hope. Whenever uh, R two and well, that too. When when they're in the uh, Jawas, uh, yeah, like sand crawler. All of the robots are kind of like sad. That's but, the part I remember. But the yeah, one the in Cloud remember. City when when three PO sees another three PO. Mike, droid. are we about to have a fight right now? Because mm-hmm. I think that's in a new hope. No, I'm fairly certain that it isn't a sequel because well, I don't know what the end of that sentence is. I was just about to say, are we going to get in a fight? Because I'm pretty sure the thing getting. It's little feetsies branded was in a new hope, it's, but no, it's wait. Pretty sh- I'm pretty you're sure right. it's not, and I'm debating between if it's an Empire or a Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no, no, you're right. It's in Return of the Jedi because it's it's when they're getting conscripted to to be with Jabba. Yeah, it's either the Jabba scene or the Bespin Cloud City scene where three PO goes into the room because he sees another three PO droid who's like Ichuta. We're a good Star Wars podcast because we never, we always just like, <laughs> is this what happened? And we never actually look it up. And I love. Yeah, that right. We us. are not very Star Wars because we don't answer questions that people weren't asking. <laughs> Instead, we are asking questions and then we don't have a good answer. <laughs> okay, the first half is going a little long, so let's go to the pit. Okay, bye. Take a little break. <laughs> bye! And we're back! Okay, so we've been talking all about Solo. God. And what'd you say? I said God. God. It's just a disheartening movie because it could have been good and it's just fine. It's not great. It's not like terrible. It's just. Can I just really quick? Okay, Darth Maul. You know, you know, in like elementary school when they teach you how to write like a five paragraph essay, and one of the things they say is don't introduce a new idea at at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched all the shit, all the cartoons and stuff, so I know that he's still alive. But like, this is what I wrote. The Darth Maul scene is so stupid. So stupid. So stupid. What? Is there going to be a sequel? So stupid. He force grabs his lightsaber and ignites it? So stupid. He died in episode one. I know he came back. I saw the fucking cartoons, but most people didn't. So stupid. And like, (laughs) he talks? 
He had more dialogue in that scene than in The Phantom Menace. Fucking Darth Maul. So stupid. <laughs> That's what I wrote in yeah. my phone. <laughs> word for word. It, it is just... It's it's wild that that was the choice they made, was to introduce Darth Maul, because we are in no way led to believe, previous to now, that any of the crime syndicates have any Sith involvement. And it also seems like he's doing his own thing outside of the Empire, so it's like, what the fuck is... It, well, and I it, think he's not even a Sith. Like he, so he's killed, quote unquote, and like his hatred and his dark side anger like keep him alive, and then he gets robot legs and stuff. But because the Emperor, you know, like till death do us part, essentially, I think he's he's called now just Maul, and he's just like a bad guy. Yeah, it's strange that for all the times that Star Wars answers all these all these questions that we weren't asking, this time they, they showed us something <sighs> that raised a billion questions that they didn't right. answer at all. And they're like, hey, you want the answers? Go watch the children's cartoons. Mm-hmm. Go watch those cool cartoons that we all love. So, okay, to, to a little respite. Yeah, let's play a fun game. Let's play a fun game. So this is one I made, and it's a classic Josiah move because <laughs> it is basically doing a pun off of the name of the thing. And then creating a game around that, which is just essentially all I ever do. So this one's called Solo, which is spelled S-O space L-O-W. Okay. So a lot of fuss is made about whenever things are very, when amounts are very high. But we're going to look at some of the lower aspects of the Star Wars universe. Um, And basically, this is actually all real world stuff. So, Mike, I know you love trivia. I sure do. And uh, so we're going to hit you with some trivia questions. That are in regard to uh, amounts, and I'm going. They're all going to be <laughs> about the lowest thing. Okay. 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 So, what Star Wars movie grossed the lowest in the box office, uh, adjusted for inflation? What Star Wars movie grossed the lowest at the box office? It's got to be Solo, a Star Wars story. You are correct. It is yes! Solo with 392. 0.9 million grossed. The next lowest is Attack of the Clones, uh, adjusted for inflation at 477.5 million. So Solo mm. uh, by far is the lowest gross, which is kind of sad. I uh, think but it, also domestically sense. it didn't even make its own budget back. Maybe that's a lie, but uh, it didn't make its own budget back in its opening weekend, which normally Star Wars do. Oh, that's that's so, the metric. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was rough. Uh, keeping with the money thing uh what star wars movie had the lowest budget adjusted for inflation um so after i'm i'm thinking out loud here after star wars lucas mm-hmm. um largely financed i don't know if he 100% financed empire but he really held himself to a really tight budget in return of the jedi i know that which is wild but um because of that like I, I I feel like Fox put a lot of money into Star Wars, and therefore he held himself to tighter budgets for the next two. But I don't know. Star Wars was just such a rinky-dink shoestring budget. I gotta say, Star Wars later titled A New Hope. You are correct. Yes. Give me a ballpark figure. Ballpark figure. What do you think the budget of was in nineteen? Uh, 70s dollars what was the budget i don't have a good like sense of what the budget of any movie is um okay let let, let me give you this so star wars episode three uh revenge of the sith uh was a hundred cost 115 million dollars okay so i'm gonna guess star wars was like like three million a little on the low side it was 11 million okay which is still a crazy low and is um, that adjusted for inflation? So that that's the actual dollar amount. Okay. So adjusted for inflation, that'd be about forty-seven million. Okay. Cool. In current dollars, Holy shit. which is still insanely low. So for for uh, perspective, I, I was doing some uh, 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 some calculations. Yeah. Right. Uh, basically, episode six was the most expensive of the original trilogy. Obviously, for thirty-two point five million dollars, adjusted for inflation is eighty-two million dollars. Um, episode one, two, and three were all made for $115 million a piece, which is huh. weird. Yeah, that is weird. And all of them ended up being around in between 150 and 200 million, closer to 150 million, which then you get into the new series. So Solo's budget was 275 million, eee. which is crazy. And let's see, uh, Force Awakens, 306 million. Last Jedi, 317 million. So like, 
inflation's crazy because those numbers are so much bigger in absurd ways. Like, just absurd. Anyway, the like the, the newest Star Wars movie is more than 100 times more expensive than the first Star Wars movie. That's nuts. It's just it's just wild. Um okay, moving on. Moving on, moving on. We're done with money. I I'm tired of money. You know, like to... that makes me think like so you know, Solo has cool moments in it, like in cool world building yeah. in the way the prequels do. You know, like this movie wasn't like a complete loss, but like that budget doesn't like justify like, oh, it's neat that there are crime syndicates. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so much money to spend. Okay, hold on, let's see. Yeah, any, whatever. Anyway, go back to your game. It's more fun. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just wild that $300, 000, $300 million were spent on, like, roughly $300 million. If you round up on Solo, it, it's $25 million away from being $3 million, And Star Wars, Last Jedi, and Force Awakens are both just right above $3 million. So it's just... It's just wild that those movies cost the same amount. Anyway, anyway, okay. We're done talking about money, but we're going to talk about some other low amounts. So, who is shorter, Harrison, Harrison Ford or Alden Ehrenreich? Oh. Who is the shorter actor, the lower amount of inches that they are <laughs> tall? Um, hmm. This one's kind of tricky. Something tells me that it's Harrison Ford. You are incorrect. Oh. Uh, Harrison Ford, according to the internet, is six one, um, and Alden Ehrenreich is apparently only five nine. Oh, he and I could just about look eye to eye. Yeah, which is kind of it, it's honestly it's weird because apparently a lot of movie stars are shorter than we think they are. Um, right, like Tom Cruise than, is like three nine or something like that. Yeah, he's very small. Um, but like uh, for reference, Alden Ehrenreich is closer to the Mark Hamill's height than he is to um, Harrison Ford's height. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but you honestly can't tell on screen because all that stuff is sort of, you know. Well, like sure, the camera around. adds 10 pounds. So Yeah, which also one of the reasons I think maybe they did that is because of this next thing. Hmm. Uh, so who is who is shorter? Peter Mayhew, the original actor for Chewbacca. Or Junus Suotamo, I don't know if I'm saying that right, right. Who, is, who was the body double in Force Awakens and took over for Peter Mayhew after he passed away, R.I.P., uh, for Last Jedi. Um, well, since you sort of teed it up by saying this I might know, be I, I why, ruined, I ruined it. I ruined I'm going to say the shorter one is Junus. You're right. So Junus is or just Junus. about seven foot. He's 6'11 and a half, mm. where Peter Mayhew was seven foot two. Um, huh. which is crazy tall. So, yeah, I wonder if maybe that's why, because they're like, well, we want the sort of proportion to look similar with Alden versus Junus. Like, I don't know. I mean, that seems like when it's that, when it's few, a few inches like that, it's probably not noticeable, but I, I can't help but think like maybe that was why or part of the reason where they were like, he looks good next to the Chewbacca outfit. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So this one's kind of fun. And this is actually our last question. So to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, who is the shortest actor to ever be in a Star Wars movie? Um, Which Star Wars has famously employed a bunch of little people as actors. Sure. So who was the shortest one? I couldn't pull any other names, so I'm going to say Warwick Davis. You are technically correct. <laughs> because the only other official height I could find is tied with Warwick Davis. Uh, is it Frank Phil? Oz's arm? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's Phil Fondacaro. Uh-huh. Not sure if I'm saying that right either. Who played an Ewok in episode six. He uh-huh. was the only Ewok to die on screen. Oh, yeah. So that, 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 that sad little part where that one Ewok dies, that's Phil. And Warwick Davis, who played Wicket in episode six and some of the TV movies uh, with all the Ewoks. Both of them are three foot six. Warwick Davis so was also listening. in Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay, so this brings so <laughs> that's the end of the game, but oh, okay. it leads me to I'm I want to talk about Warwick Davis for a second because okay. I, I was endlessly endle- endlessly fascinated by my research about him just now. Yeah. So I'm sure you've heard the story, but we haven't talked about it before on the podcast. I don't think. It's very cute. Where basically Warwick Davis was 11 years old right. uh, when he got cast in Return of the Jedi. Like he was a fan. Yeah, he was a fan of Star Wars. He loved Star Wars, and his grandma his grandma heard a radio advertisement calling for like little people um, to for for the movie. So she was the one that was like, "Hey, you should go, you should go do this." So this guy's a kid, and originally uh, Kenny Baker, who was inside of R two D two, was supposed to play Wicket, but he uh, I guess was sick on the day of filming or something like that. So George Lucas 
picked Warwick Davis to be the new Wicket after he was watching everybody like run around in their Ewok costumes. And this is the cutest thing, was that Davis, who remember, this kid's 11 years old at the time, based his Ewok movements on his dog, Aww. who would tilt his head for, yeah. like according to the Wikipedia entry, which from an interview, his dog would tilt his head from side to side whenever he saw something strange. So like, that's so cute. A lot of the Ewok movements are literally based on this eleven-year-old sort of instincts to be like, "Well, this is kind of like a dog. I should be a dog." Like, that's it's so cute. It's so fucking cute. And this, it shows that he like cares. <laughs> yeah, this kid literally who wasn't an actor before, like, or at least not like professionally, was like, you know what? I've done enough character work to n- think about what this alien race would be like, and I think they'd be kind of like my dog. Like, it's so cute. That's adorable. Like, just this eleven-year-old kid's like, you know what? Yeah, and then and then also just amazing that George Lucas swoops in and is like, this one's gonna be the main one. <laughs> like, right. I'm gonna pick this <laughs> right. kid. He's the best Ewok. It's so great. So, Look, it's a hat. It's it, not going to hurt you. It's uh, head tilt. That's what head Leia tilt? says about her military helmet. <laughs> it's just a hat. It's a hat. <laughs> so also there's another cute thing about the some more cute trivia. Apparently Mark Hamill uh, bought Warwick Davis every Star Wars action figure that he didn't already own during the oh filming of Return of the That's Jedi. That's so cute. Which is just adorable. Because you just imagine this 11, 12-year-old on set who's just such a fanboy and like is are already playing a really cute character and then all these like adults are like we just want to give you a lot of money and toys <laughs> like, pl- please right. take these toys um but other fun trivia i think this might be i think warwick davis might be the actor that has performed in the most star wars movies because he's been in he was in return of the jedi and then uh uh he was in he was in star wars episode one of phantom menace in three literally three different right. cameos yeah. Like just small little cameos. But he was, he was in one them. of the two kids who was friends with Anakin. Mm-hmm. And he was in Force Awakens in a little baby cameo. And he was in Last Jedi in a little cameo. And he was in Solo uh, reprising one of his characters from Phantom Menace. That's which, right, which is so wild. Yeah, and none of his characters in Phantom Menace like were important at all, but he just comes back in the same like out like costume, alien costume. So this right. guy has been Warwick Davis has been in all of the new like okay, let's see, one, two, three. So he was in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Solo. He was in Phantom Menace, and he was in uh, Last Jedi. So he might be uh, one of the only characters to perform in uh, literally every trilogy. Uh, the only well, other. So I'm not here to mansplain you, but uh, no, Kenny Baker, Anthony you're Daniels, right. Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I'm forgetting the, the droids. Um, sure. But it's just weird that. Even though he wasn't a big character, he's still it is he's truly still, crazy. He's in all these movies because they just keep bringing him back. And it seems like for these new ones, it's like kind of just for fun, where they're like, "Hey, you want to come do this real quick?" And he's like, "Sure, sure, whatever. I don't got anything. Like, I'll come hang out on set for a day if you pay me like like thousands of dollars. That's great." Anyway, just shout right. out to Warwick Davis. Some, uh, uh, at least one, if not a couple, of friends of mine and and possible future guests of the show got to meet him because he uh, was here for um, Star Wars Celebration and did a lot of the stuff at the convention and then uh, hosted or guested at a Second City like Star Wars kind of one night only sketch show. What? And I'll we can follow up, but uh, at least one uh, friend of mine was involved with that and got to meet him. That I'm extremely jealous. I feel like he'd probably be a delightful it, human being. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just want to talk about Warwick Davis for a second because I that that Ewok story is one of my I I'd heard it before, but it's just my favorite. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. Like, right. Just a kid being like, "This is what my dog does." It's so cute. It makes me <laughs> want to explode. Thank anyway, you. so that was that was my game called So Low. <laughs> That was a great game. Literally all my games are just me thinking of a pun to do with something and then being like, what would that game be if <laughs> based on that pun? That was a specifically very fun game because it was like maybe four questions and then you clearly were like, Warwick Davis, that's an interesting guy. And then you <laughs> yeah. went down like a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I got I got it. Like I was into the game. I was looking stuff up and then I was looking at Warwick Davis and then I was like, I got to learn more about Warwick Davis. This guy's dope as hell. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. Although the so like Phil Fondascaro is the other little person actor that I mentioned for a second, and uh, he's also had a prolific acting career in a bunch of other um, uh, different franchises. He was in The Black Cauldron. He was in Troll. He was in Willow, which Warwick Davis was also in. 
um, mm. which I don't know if you ever saw Willow, but it was George Lucas's fantasy movie that he made. Uh, no, I would really like to though. I think it'd be a fun Hasui episode. We should watch. I, I've seen Willow. I saw Willow when I was a kid, and it terrified me for reasons that uh-huh. I, I won't go into here. But mostly because I was a big old scaredy cat and a, a, a little baby. But <laughs> it's. A, I think it's a good flick. I want to go back and watch it now that I'm a grown up, because I probably wouldn't be as creeped out by the stuff <laughs> I was creeped out by. Anyway, so that's Warwick Davis. So solo. So solo. So solo. So solo. Puta puta solo. Sort out. <laughs> That's my uh, Alec Guinness impression. Honestly, impressive. Wait, was Alec Guinness <laughs> the voice of? No, it's a no. That's just the guy who plays Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, are you teaching me some? That's how I think he sounds. Oh, I thought you were telling me that Alec Guinness was the uh, voice of Jabba, and I was about to be like, what? Who's Jabba? I don't know. I think he's a big shrimp that can't. And yeah, scene. He... <laughs> and ten more minutes. Um. <laughs> So solo. <laughs> My biggest thing with this movie, as how Star Wars it is, is I can't decide because, like, like I said right before the break, this movie is trying so hard to be Star Wars. Yeah. More so than any movie we've covered, and I can't decide if that makes it very Star Wars or if that takes points away from it. Right. Because every other movie just ends up being Star Wars in a certain way, you know. Yeah, this Whereas- movie's almost more like a documentary about Star Wars because it just like crams in all this shit. That's like, remember this? Oh, another thing, really quick, since you said documentary. Apparently, during the filming of Return of the Jedi, the assistant director, or whatever, filmed a mockumentary with Warwick Davis uh, called like <laughs> Becoming an Ewok or something, where they were like, <laughs> really? Yeah, it, there's a mockumentary out there where it's like with this kid about his decision to become an actor and his process to become an Ewok, and it also sounds <laughs> very cute and silly. Anyway, I just want you just you just said documentary and it brought. I just did a lot of Warwick Davis research this afternoon. Sure. So. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it, it's like. It tries to hit all the high notes. It, okay, you know how, <laughs> you know how when we do an episode of Hisui and we're like, well, we gotta talk about Wendy's. It's kind of like uh-huh. that. Like this solo uh-huh. is kind of like that, where they're like, well, we gotta talk about the Kessel Run. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, right. Like they're like, what what type of Hisui episode would this be without a game that is essentially a pun on the title we're talking about, and without talking about Wendy's, and without doing. X, Y, and Z. Exactly. It's like they, they found all the things. They like they took they took it to a focus group. They're like, what do you think of when you think of Han Solo? And people were like, that blaster, uh, Chewbacca. Right. Uh, the Castle Run, the, the Millennium Castle Falcon. Run. And then no one said dice, and they were like, damn it. We really wanted to put the dice in there. <laughs> oh, man, let's just put and the dice like, in there. Okay, fine, anyway. you can have the dice. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm having a hard time deciding if that means... Uh, which way that pushes this on the Hisui scale, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting because like pulling from things before its existence and trying to make them all work together is a pretty Star Wars-y thing. Um, And when you're pulling other Star Wars things as the sort of collage to tell another Star Wars story is kind of Star Wars also. But, you know, even The Phantom Menace didn't do this. Where it was like, hey, remember how you were wondering this question? And your answer to that is no, I was not wondering that. Like, this movie is by far the most egregious offender of that kind of thing. Of, you know, like, answering questions we weren't asking. I agree. And I think that it... I think you're right. I think the, the prequels were giving us a lot of weird explanations for things. But they were also sort of creating their own world in a weird way. Uh, giving us a background for a character whose ending we already know, but sort of giving us like this big narrative around it. Whereas Solo very much seemed like they, it seems like trying to be a pastiche of other things, but specifically trying to be a pastiche of like this one character. Yeah. Um, and all the different things that make him interesting, which like the reason I think Force Awakens works and I know that like not everyone likes that movie and um and I know it's pretty low on your scale of like good Star Wars movies and I agree I don't think it's like super up there but I think the reason it works is cuz it takes the original movie and is like well we're going to do a remix yeah. like this is a riff It's like if you watched the Hope. original movie and then went to sleep and you had a dream Yeah it's it's doing a riff yeah. on a new hope and, whereas and Solo I would say is it tr- is definitely above the midway point of the rankings you know sure, whereas sure. this certainly is not and, and well Solo falls into it's not doing a riff on something it's trying to make something as I, I don't know it's it's trying to make something like it's trying to remake something as opposed to being like oh, we're doing a riff on something right. if that makes sense yeah. like it's not doing it's like a cover instead of a remix 
Yes. It's <laughs> it's not a, it's it's a it's a mediocre Han Solo cover as opposed to being a pretty solid Star Wars remix. Right. And that might be the best analogy I'm ever going to make. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, like um, the, yeah. what would be your unit of measure? I think I've got mine. Well, I got to do dice. A dice. That was mine. Really too. Dice. <laughs> okay, we can both do yeah, dice. We're both doing dice. <laughs> um, I was going to give this like this was really trying its very best to be a 7 out of 10 and there's no way it's getting that. But it came close, and I got a dock at points. But, you know, like, Jurassic Park got, like, a five. Um, and so yeah. because dice are always, of course, come in pairs with a chain, and you hang them over your rearview mirror? Yeah, apparently. I am going to say this is three pairs of golden dice, a.k.a. a six out of ten. That's exactly why I did dice, too, because <laughs> I was going to give it a six, and it was divisible by two. Yeah, great. <laughs> Yeah, I we think you're right. I think show what what are we gonna like have a different opinion of one another? <laughs> no, that's why we do this show because everyone oh, right. likes to hear two opinions uh, that are that from <laughs> from friends who sound pretty much the same about everything they talk about. Yeah, no one wants to hear any dissension or a uh, a conflict, and we promise it will never give you conflict on how Star Wars is it. Right. Um. Okay. So six out of ten is is solo. To recap. We have a live show coming up this week. The week this comes out, it's on Saturday at the IO Theater. Yes. Um, go to PodSlam, uh, Google PodSlam, go to their website, check it out. Yeah, you get know what, for while the day. you're talking, I'm going to Google that right now and actually give a real um, answer to Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> do that. The actual um, website. Go, go check it out. Uh, you can get tickets for the day. It's, it's not expensive. You can get, see a bunch of fun shows. Come see us. We're going to be uh, performing in the afternoon. Um, so it's not even like, you know, you don't have to like make a whole day of it. You can literally just come and see us. Like Mike yeah. said earlier, go to dinner. And that web address is arcadeaudio.net slash pod slam. That's the one. It's all going to Connor's Cure, which is a, re, uh, a foundation to, uh, uh, for researching, uh, cures for ch- or pediatric cancer, which is obviously a good cause. Everyone. Yeah. You've. You fucking cheapskates. Oh, go, and the go first it. thing. So it starts at noon and it goes all the way till uh, it would seem midnight. Um, and the first thing they're doing is Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, which is an arcade audio podcast. That's a live game show and it's really fun and I love listening to it. So oh, check yeah. that out. Um, but yeah, it's like all damn day. Yeah. Come check it out and party with us. I'm going to be hanging out there all day because I don't have a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, what else? Uh, Mike's in the one at the Den Theater. Go check that out. Yes. Anarchy's doing a run of it coming up soon, which is also going to be fun. That's right. You can also see and... Baby Wants Candy on, um, let's see. I already did one of them, and this episode comes out after the second one I'm doing. But you can see me and Baby Wants Candy at Second City on September 28th. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have any shows listed yet for October, but I might be in some of those. Hell yeah. Uh, come, you can uh, hit up Lincoln Square's Apple Fest, which is the best festival of the year, uh, the first weekend in uh, October. <laughs> and that's just and that's just a fun community thing yeah, that everyone should get involved in. Yeah, that's just for like, Northside Chicagoans, I guess. <laughs> Let's get really niche with our recommendations. Um, I think that's kind of everything. If you want to, if you want us on the internet, and we know you do, right? We know you do, you you little dirty birds. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Uh, I'm at the Josiah Man. Uh, Mike is at Mike Gospel. That's on Twitter. On Twitter and uh, on Instagram, us. I'm at Word Gospel O Nine. I don't think I've ever plugged that on here before, but you can find it with like oh, you, one you're trying click. To get, you're trying to get someone to slide up in your DMs, bro? dude. Slide in my DMs. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and you can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com. Find us at at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram. We have some fun up there. So come check it out, guys. Come on. I have a project I've been working on, and then we started moving, and I got busy with the musical. Um, but it's somewhat Star Wars related, and when I finish it, I will probably post it to my Instagram, and I'm sure I will repost it from our Star Wars, how Star Wars is it, uh, Instagram. So be looking for oh, yeah. that in the near future, I suppose. I'm excited. Oh, and hey. Would it kill you to give us a five-star rating and a little review? (laughs) I don't think Yeah, come on. We're trying to get to 50, you know, sometime soon because we'd love to do this giveaway. And as soon as we're approaching that, we will uh, go into more detail. But um, (laughs) we're going to make you do it. Tell a friend. Yeah. Tell a 
a loved one and give us a review. You know, the the people who are finding this show are the ones who other people are telling about it. In fact, my mom just told me a story recently that she told someone about the show and that person told her friend and that friend is now a big fan as I come to understand. Maybe 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 just a fan. Maybe not a big <laughs> fan. <laughs> I don't know. I think we only have big fans, Mike. I'm not going to lie. That's true. <laughs> like anyone who's listening to this podcast is definitely a big fan. And shout out to all our big fans. We love you guys. But yeah, like we always say, I think it's time for Tubby Bye Bye. Time for Tubby Bye Bye. As we always say, we love you. you. May the fourth be with you. Hello? Oh, I'm back before you are. That'll be fun for you if you hear it, and if you don't, it's fun for me. I'm scrolling through Facebook. <laughs>